<laughs> Hello. Um, welcome to Mr. Sitter. This is uh, this is me, Anthony Lacascio, and uh, hey, it, it happened, guys. It happened. Where else to start today? But the Socceroos have made it into the round of 16 for the second time in the history of the World Cup. Uh, and it is one hell of a fucking morning for our country, isn't it? Uh, it is the first time in our history that we have taken away more than one victory in any given World Cup. So it is a given that we have taken away, uh, the for the first time, back-to-back wins um, in a tournament, which is simply uh, remarkable. Uh, the victory this morning was against Denmark, who are ranked 10th in the world, uh, no less, who made the semi-finals of the previous Euro, uh, who quietly have had a very, very dismal tournament themselves. Uh, this victory was so reminiscent of the victory against Tunisia. Arnie, uh, super charismatic uh, in his own very special, unique way. And the most successful Australian coach at the World Cup of all time, bar none. Uh, but not not a tactically diverse coach, uh, it has to be said. And so this victory was was basically a carbon copy of the uh, of the Tunisia victory. We sat in, we were scrappy as fuck, and we hit um, we hit Denmark where we could. Uh, Lecky's goal on the break was absolutely superb. He turned the defender inside out before taking on uh, Mailer of Atalanta one-on-one, turned him one way, saw that he turned the right way, turned him the other way, and then put in the most perfect finish uh, to, to, to put us up 1-0. For the third time in each of our games in this tournament, we've gone up 1-0 to start the game, uh, which is absolutely astonishing. Um, nonetheless... Uh, we then defended absolutely superbly. Harry Suter, I, I, this is not this is not uh, blind patriotism. This is not uh, prisoner of the moment hyperbole. Harry Suter has genuinely been one of the best defenders at the tournament, bar none. I don't care what you have to say about that. He was immense again today, making some just like the timing of his interceptions, the toughness of his tackling, him just being absolutely everywhere. He's amazing. He's he's genuinely amazing. And I really hope that after this World Cup, he gets a move, man. He should be playing in the Premier League. He is that good. I'm a, not at the top of the Premier League, but, you know, Brighton and Hove Albion, give him a call. Brighton and Hove Albion seem to already be the home of the stars of this World Cup. So why not add one more? We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Sutar was everywhere. Um, every other defender, you know, Bejic was great. Uh, Degenek was great. Uh, Rouls was, they were all great. And then anything that went through them, uh, Matty Ryan just scooped up, no problem. It didn't look like Denmark ever really were in the ascendancy in this entire game. There were moments where you could see that, oh man, their their passing and their and their movement and their their general cohesion is just so so much better than Australia's. But they couldn't like they couldn't put it together. They couldn't they couldn't uh, capitalize on that superiority in any way. Uh, and they were nervous all game. You could tell they were playing so nervous. And their anxiety reached critical mass at around 80 minutes. Um, and they just started making some really elementary mistakes, like putting the ball out on their own under very, very little pressure from the Australian players. Uh, and Cornelius, fuck, man. Uh, Cornelius missed the, like, the best chances that, that, um, that Denmark made uh, in this game. Uh, that guy fucking sucks. 
And uh, I am uh, I am going to be doing... I mentioned yesterday that I was going to be doing a best 11 of the World Cup group stage. I'm also going to be doing a worst 11 because schadenfreude is fun, guys. Uh, and spoiler, I'm pretty sure Cornelius is going to be in that team. He fucking sucks. I was wildly impressed with Keanu Bacchus when he came on, like in a, in a genuine way. There was a point where he took the ball up the right wing and dribbled two of their players and then, you know, won a throw in. Uh, that, was, that was super impressive. Um, almost as impressive as Graham Arnold uh, managing to keep his shirt inside of his suit for an entire game. He did not look like a disheveled dad at the end of his son's wedding. Uh, he actually looked super duper composed. And credit to this guy, man. He has been maligned. He has been criticized. And rightfully so. You know, we limped into this World Cup. The The, the qualification process was not... It was not good. We we did it the hard way. We made it off the back of Andrew Redmayne's wonderful performance against Peru. Uh, we did it the hard way. And Arnie, like I said, uh, very kind of tactically inflexible in in a lot of regards uh, against France. He showed that um, he you know he's not the best in game coach. Uh, he he waited a little bit too long to make changes this morning, and it could have cost us. But you got to take nothing away from the guy. There was a story that was that came out yesterday that um against when they were when he was Sydney FC coach in the fight like when they were up against Melbourne Victory in the final whenever the the Melbourne Victory crest was placed on any graphics in pre-game talks and video analysis he would make sure to photoshop the word victory out of their crest like the mind games and the the psychological edge that he tries to give his team Wonderful, and Graham Arnold is going to go down as an Australian football icon now. Uh, so I, I'm happy to eat humble pie on that, and everybody else that criticized him, hey, you can take nothing away from this guy, and you can take nothing away from this Socceroos team. On that note, I imagine a lot of people will be calling for me to apologize to the Socceroos for the video that I made last week. And so I would like to apologize for absolutely fucking nothing. My video was criticizing the Socceroos performance against France specifically and bemoaning the fan sentiment that even though we lost 4-1, it was a pretty good performance by the boys. It fucking wasn't. It was horrible. And do you know who agreed with me? Thousands of fans who felt the same way. And do you know who else agreed with me? The fucking Socceroos themselves. The premise of the video was that Australia deserves better than what the Socceroos gave us against France. And they turned around and gave us what we deserve against Tunisia and Denmark. Most people understood what I was saying in the video, but there was a very select sect of idiots who labeled me as this great enemy of the Socceroos after I released it. This is despite the fact that in the video, I'm literally wearing a shirt with John Aloisi scoring the penalty against Uruguay that put us through to the 2006. World Cup on it. I've worn a Socceroos jersey in three other videos that I've done in this podcast. Of course I love the Socceroos. That's the point of the fucking video. One guy told me that he disagrees with everything that I said in the video. Okay, let's break it down. First of all, I didn't shit on Mitch Duke. I said that he wasn't anywhere near as good as Mark Viduka. I don't think that's a hot take. Second of all, I complained about the systemic and bureaucratic blockades that stop Australia from producing better and better players generation to generation. This isn't something that I made up. I directly quoted Ange Postacoglu when I said this and 
let's just say you don't trust a pair of Greeks saying this. If you don't believe us, just listen to Graham Arnold himself. It is an objective fact that there have been fewer Socceroos playing in Europe with every edition of the squad since 2006 on a descending scale. And it's no coincidence that by far our best player in this tournament itself hasn't played a second of club football in Australia because he's fucking Scottish. This supposed hater of this edition of the Socceroos also said that Aaron Moy, Matt Ryan, and Matthew Leckie would all make that golden generation 2006 squad. And in case you missed it, they all played great in the last two games. One guy accused me of having no football IQ. See, I always thought that football IQ referred to a player's uh, on-field acumen rather than their football knowledge. And if that's the case, He's totally fucking right. I had no football IQ, but I don't remember playing with this fucktard, so I don't know how he knows. I took up so much mental real estate in some of these internet moron so-called minds that they went to the liberty of going back to my videos as early as this morning to tell me this aged well. Newsflash cunts, nothing. Nothing other than Jennifer Lopez ages well. That's what aging is. It's decay. It's a slow march towards death. It's evolution. This aged well is one of those moronic millennial expressions that just needs to die along with stay work and live your best life. I feel totally justified in my dismay at the lack of ethnic diversity in this Socceroos team and you can't change my mind on that. But I will say that historically the more whitewashed something is in this country, the more attention and more importance it is given. So maybe that's not a bad thing. I think what triggered people the most is that at the end of the video, I said that the Socceroos are shit. And you know what? They are shit. Some of the most poorly controlled balls, misplaced passes, crosses straight into the opposition defense. And that's why these victories mean so much because we are shit and we fucking won anyway. And isn't that what being Aussie is all about? So to everybody getting super upset at videos that a stranger has made that you saw on the internet, I'm gonna tell you like my boy Graham Arnold told us, no celebrating, no sleep, no social media. Now, a lot of people that I was speaking to before the Socceroos game were like, oh, it's, it's sweet, man. All we need is a draw against Denmark. And that was a very arrogant assumption that France were going to beat Tunisia, which is not what fucking happened, guys. That's right. Tunisia beat France, a, a very understacked France, I will say. Played, uh, Deschamps played with a lot of, uh, you know, underheralded players, players that weren't going to get a sniff otherwise. I think other than Chouameni and the returning Raphael Varane, it was a very weak team. Uh, but nonetheless, Wabi Kazri scored. Uh, a goal was ruled out in the 98th minute, and Tunisia took away their first victory of the tournament and uh, and did really, really well, I have to say. Unfortunately, it means nothing because once again, you know, you didn't have Kylian Mbappe, you didn't have or you didn't have Adrian Rabiot, the best player in the world, you didn't have their normal defense, and you had Steve Mundunda. That's right the perennial second goalkeeper for the last 15 years of the France squad, Steve Mundunda, looking like he's about 113 years old, playing in goals. So it doesn't mean anything, and France will be licking their chops at the prospect of playing against a Poland side who are pretty damn lackluster. They lost 2-0 to Argentina, and um, man, they went through on fair play, okay? For anybody that missed it, Poland went through ahead of Mexico. They had the exact same amount of goals. They had the exact same amount of points and they had an even head-to-head -head record because they drew and they went through because they had two fewer yellow cards than Mexico. 
This group uh, with uh, with Argentina is the only group so far that I have predicted in my pre-tournament uh, video completely correct. Like the order of who went through and who went through. In every other one, I've gotten one wrong. Uh, but I fucking don't feel good about it at all. Uh, nonetheless, uh, it was an interesting game. Wojciech Szczesny saved yet another penalty. Two penalties in a row. Uh, this one was against Lionel Messi. So he saved one from Lewandowski and he saved one from... No, not Lewandowski. Lewandowski's on his team. He saved one from Aldosari against Saudi Arabia and he saved one from Lionel Messi. I'm sure he saves them from Lewandowski all the time in training. Uh, and he, he quotes it as, uh, you know, at U of a, we figured out a very special way to, uh, to hack the penalty system and it's worked more often than not. Uh, Chesney has saved plenty of penalties in the last few years. I've seen them. Uh, and his record is 26 out of 87 penalties saved uh, in his career, which is uh, remarkable. And it's going to take something pretty huge from a different goalkeeper for the rest of the group stage for Chesney to not be my goalkeeper of the group stage. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, the goals in the 2-0 victory for Argentina came through Alexis McAllister, uh, who is yet another example of a Brighton and Hove Albion player doing remarkable at this tournament. You had the Ecuador 3, who, let's not remember that they really upset me yesterday, but Estupinian in particular, but also Moises Caicedo and the other young guy whose name totally escapes me right now. Wait, 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 not going to remember it. Sorry, uh, write it in the comments. Call me a fucking idiot, whatever. Uh, they were great. Um, Leandro Trossard has come on a little bit for Belgium. He hasn't really done anything, but Mitoma, man, one of my favorite players, Mitoma. Brighton and Hove Albion, sign Harry Sutar. Let's do it, guys. Let's make it happen. Uh, and then Julian Alvarez scored a, a peach of a goal um, for, the, for the second one. And I genuinely think he's a better partner for Lionel Messi than Lautaro. I think they need to start together. Uh, their movement just kind of, um, they're, they're, it's similar. Lautaro has a lot more stilted direct movement. Messi with the weaving. Um, Julian Alvarez seems to have a similar kind of slalom weaving style. And I think that they pair well better uh, together, generally. Um, Poland, man. For a team that have probably the most lethal striker in the world they do not play well in attacking transition whatsoever i don't like their coach at all uh he tried to make changes at halftime they got shell-shocked immediately after the break and fuck it was just like downhill from there they, they couldn't do anything they were at the mercy of the mexico game and they got it you know they got a they should rock up with some polish dumplings uh at the hotel room of the saudi arabia squad tomorrow and just say thank you so much uh, because, fuck, they were bad. Uh, and they didn't play my boy Arek Milik, and that's why. If they played my boy Milik, they, this would have been a different story. I'm telling you now. And for their troubles, they get to play France in the next round. Uh, couple of, oh, well, Mexico, I I had the Mexico game on, on my phone. Barely saw it, but possibly goal of the tournament was scored. The free kick, which made it 2-0. Um, a scrappy goal for the first one, and then Saudi Arabia popped one in to make it 2-1 towards the end. Mexico for the first time since 1994 don't make it out of the group stage. They've done it seven times in a row. They have a pretty aging and kind of lackluster squad, but they've got some good young players coming through. And the next World Cup is, of course, in Mexico as, as well as Canada and America. So let's hope that they can bring through a new generation because Mexico are always a World Cup team. Uh, but I was right. They didn't go through in this one. Uh, fuck, man. John Roder. John Roder, this commentator for the Argentina game, he had another absolute clunker. Um, like, he, he, he said, 
I mean, this is really nitpicking, and you guys are going to probably think that I'm a bit of a wanker for saying this, but it bothered me. Uh, at the start of the second half, the 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 Argentine, Argentina had to kick off twice. Like, they kicked off, and I think one of the players was uh, in the other half, so they had to do the kickoff again. And John Rota was like, oh, they have to restart again. You don't restart again. You restart or you start again. Come on, man. Basic English. Grow up. You Come on. You're a commentator. Uh, and the other one that really, really bothered me was he pronounced uh, Christoph Piontek, who I would like to think, you know, I, I'm a Serie A nerd, I get it, but like, I I don't think it's it's a far cry for you to be able to know how to pronounce this guy's name. He kept calling him Piatek. That's not how you fucking say it. Tell me you don't watch Serie A without telling me you don't watch Serie A. This guy really annoys me, and, and I wouldn't have nitpicked these two specific things had he not conflated the other Ghana striker with Jordan Ayew and said a whole bunch of other stupid shit throughout the entire tournament. But it's just a it's just a build up with this guy and I genuinely think I prefer David Bashir on commentary. Uh, the first thing that he said in the Australia-Denmark game was, oh, Australia may have given Denmark a queen, but they'll be hoping to blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, God damn it, that is the most David Bashir thing I've ever heard. Uh, good on you, David. You're 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 the best, man. You're you're an Aussie legend, just like Graham Arnold. Um, and fuck, Luke Wilkshire was actually really good. It was, it was a shame. I thought he was going to be useless like Harry Kuehl, but he wasn't. He was he was actually totally fine. So up, Luke Wilkshire, keep him on commentary. He was good. Couple of little pieces of business that popped up um, afterwards was that uh, Nuno Mendes, who we saw go off uh, in the game against Uruguay, but it didn't like we couldn't tell what 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 it was. It was a thigh injury, so that's probably why he wasn't limping too much. Uh, but yeah, it is a thigh injury, so he's out for the tournament. Apparently, he might make it back if they make the final. I don't see it happening, but it's very possible for Portugal. Uh, and Benjamin White, uh, Arsenal's right back, uh, has withdrawn from the England squad for personal reasons. That's all the information we have as of right now. I hope that everything's all right for Ben White because I really like him. I think he's a great player. Uh, tonight, yummy, 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 the penultimate uh, set of games for the group stage we have. At the early uh, time, it is uh, it is the group with Croatia that is wrapping up. Croatia playing against Belgium in a mouth-roaring game. Uh, and then we've got Morocco, Canada. I'm going to be watching Croatia, Belgium. I said uh, at the end of the last set of fixtures that I thought uh, Belgium were going to beat Croatia. I think if he, if he plays Lukaku... We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Josko Guardiol is one hell of a fucking player. Um, I, I want to see that clash between him and Lukaku. You figure De Bruyne has got to turn it on at some point. Thibaut Courtois will be mad at the performance that he's done. And Croatia, surely against a defense that is better than Canada's, uh, are not going to be able to score with the likes of Kramaric. But we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm speaking from my heart because I want my prediction of Belgium and Morocco going through to be correct. That's going to be the game that I'm watching. Morocco, Canada. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with this Morocco team. Uh, so I hope, I mean, I think Morocco are going to probably smash Canada and, but that's a dead rubber. So that'll be the one that's on the phone. And then in the 6am games, we have Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany. I'm obviously going to watch my boys, Japan against Spain. Again, it's a heart pick. Uh, I want Japan to win uh, because I want Japan to go through no matter what. Whether it's Spain or Germany that follow them through, uh, I want Japan to go through. If Spain if Spain lose to Japan and Germany beat Costa Rica, I'm pretty sure Spain are out, uh, which would mean my prediction was correct in just the wrong order, which, which I'm happy for. I want my predictions to be correct, but also um, I don't like Spain. I don't know what it is, guys. 
I love good attacking, beautiful football. I love so much of their players, um, but I think it was Spain's dominance towards the late, the tail end of the 2000s and the early 2010s came at the expense of Italy, who had just won, like Italy's winning the World Cup, uh, arrived at a time where the team just went on a giant downfall that would continue for way too long, and Spain are like the new kids on the block, and I think I've just hated them as a football institution since then. Maybe it's just that it's too similar to Italy culturally and, and linguistically. I don't know what it is, but I hate Spain, and I don't want them to win. Uh, to the point where I'm advocating for Germany to go through ahead of them, and I don't fucking like Germany. So, let's go Japan, my boys. Start Mitoma, start Minamino, start Takahiro Tomiyasu. What the fuck are you doing? And let's go for it. I can't wait to see that game. And like the World Cup is the best, guys. The World Cup is the fucking best. The Socceroos made it through to the round of 16. They're going to play against Argentina. They're probably going to get absolutely iced, but it doesn't matter. Whatever comes, comes. If we beat Argentina, it's like public holiday cunts. Albo, do it. Uh, and yeah, yeah, take care, up the socceroos, oi, 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 raise your daughters, leave me some comments, enjoy the football, yes.